0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to A Man in a Van. I'm your host, Josh Brooker. This is episode two. Today's episode is sponsored by Weather Optics. See weather differently. Check them out on their Twitter at Weather Optics or online at WeatherOptics.net. So, it's been a long week of driving. I've gone from LA to San Francisco, San Francisco down south a little bit, there to Napa, Napa to Portland, sorry, Napa to Eugene, Eugene to Portland, and I'm about to head off to Seattle. Uh, it's been a packed week of driving. I've gotten my first little experience in a campsite. Can't say I love it. Pretty fucking exhausted. It's like a lot doing eight hours of driving a day, but what can you do? Um, I've got three interviews planned for Seattle. That should be really exciting. I've got one plan with an oyster farmer, one plan with uh, a former restaurateur turned farmer, and another one with a truffle hunter who's... One of the first people in America to discover truffles and use his dogs, not pigs, to search for them. Today my interview is with a really impressive kid. His name is John Gross, and he's a farmer in Half Moon Bay, California. He's my age, 22, and already has been working on farms for nine years. He has a lot of experience, he's got a lot of goals and ambitions, and he's a really impressive kid. I I really think you guys are going to enjoy this. So without further ado,
1: here's John. Hi, everybody. I'm here with a man named John Gross, who is a farmer in Half Moon Bay, California. And he's taking me around his farm right now to show me what he's got going on. Um, it's absolutely beautiful here. So, um, can you tell me like when you sort of started thinking about farming as a career
2: path? Uh, in high school, I kind of had the idea that I didn't want to work indoors. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of jobs where you're outside, but uh, I started to work for a farm here in Half Moon Bay, and I just kind of liked the style of work it was. It was not just one thing. I mean, it's not just growing something. It's a lot of maintenance on equipment. It's, uh, like, dealing with people. It's dealing with customers. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's kind of a cool aspect of, like, a small, like, local business, but um, it's a pretty rewarding job because you're growing a product that you know a lot of people are going to enjoy seat belt on
1: yeah so john has here uh you said 150 acres of Brussels sprouts
2: yes correct what else and then about eight acres of pumpkins uh which we sell to all the local like pumpkin stands here on the coast side mm-hmm. uh and then we got another five acres of artichokes uh and then probably kind of is like different every year but about 20 to 30 acres of, uh, of fava beans wow. and then another 30 acres of peas
1: so for reference compare your farm to like your average industrial farm uh, how much smaller are we talking and how much more labor intensive are we talking
2: well it kind of depends on where you're talking ag in the country like uh-huh. if, if we're talking about a farm in like the midwest in Kansas, that grows, you know, say like corn and soybeans, those ranches are gonna be like pushing two to five to ten thousand acres. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're Changes. only like a fraction of that, yeah. but we're also super labor intensive. So, um, you know, like I was just telling you, you know, earlier how um, like every plant gets touched at least uh, about about, like, once or twice in its, uh, like, growth cycle, uh-huh. once with planting, because we do have a mechanized way of, uh, of like, transplanting, uh, but they still have to, you know, grab each, each, each little small plant, and it goes in the machine, and then, like, once again, when we top the plants, is, which is when we have a crew go through the field, uh, and they will, like, tear out the top uh, of the plant, which then will help uh, the plant grow a, a, a much larger uh, sprout. Yeah. But uh, like between the planting, the topping, uh, there's a lot of hoeing for weeds. Uh, and then harvesting is uh, real labor intensive. It takes about 30 people to harvest.
1: Yeah, wow. So I mentioned industrial farming. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Like I'm talking industrial cattle farms, dairy farms.
2: Uh, you know, it's like give and take. It's uh, a great way to uh, feed a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It might not be the most, uh, clean and efficient way in the aspect of, uh, the, like, environment. Uh, well,
1: I mean, just correct me if I'm wrong. It just kind of seems like the way our government has subsidized farmers has really incentivized them to grow really specific crops and to farm, like, really specific, in really specific ways, like, I, th- I think uh, the stat is over 90% of what's grown in the U.S. right now is corn and soybean. Um, like, I kind of want to know your opinion on that. If you think that that's the best way forward for farming or if going forward more small-scale operations like this would be better.
2: Well, it's, like, different for each area. I mean, um, with the corn and soybean, there's a lot of, like, byproducts from that. Yeah, And like ethanol and I feed. I think they're trying to push that to help, keep those farmers growing you know going but uh i don't have a lot of uh knowledge on that i'm i i got a few ideas of what's going on here in california but yeah but here in california it's a lot of specialty crops it's a lot of produce all fresh market stuff mm-hmm. strawberries lettuce yeah i guess this region is just like it's amazing just different it's just yeah. it's just different so here there's no subsidies like at all uh-huh so a few guys might have some type of like crop insurance or something, but for the most part, there's no like government uh, support. Really? So, and like we're That's talking a about, now. I mean, like, it's a, a higher value crop, uh-huh. so you can make more money at it. But there's also a lot of variables with, with labor being the biggest issue. Labor here in California, I mean, I don't think there's one farm in the state of California that says, "Oh, yeah." we have plenty of guys working we're you know you know good to go mm-hmm. it's the same story that i've heard from from a bunch of growers here for years is man we can't find good workers that'll show up on time that want to work or just enough people i mean we're always short three four or five guys and it's just kind of the theme right now
1: yeah um so i don't know if you knew this but on the last census only 2.3 percent of americans were listed as farmers yeah like if you literally uh if you do a pie chart of it, you could barely see it, and uh, I guess I want to get your opinion on how do we change that How do we get more people like you who from a young age see this as an opportunity
2: yeah well I'm a first first you know you know generation farmer uh, and I don't know if a lot of people just don't know about it or aren't in the area where there's a lot of agriculture, but uh it's a really fun job it's just uh real rewarding you're outside you're growing something you're like working with large equipment it's like you know it's just like the it's like your toy box just gets bigger you know you got more more things to kind of play with in a way but uh I don't know I think it's also hard work you don't get weekends off you work every saturday uh, all and sometimes yeah you work labor day you work the fourth of july yeah the only holidays we don't work is uh, like thanksgiving and christmas but we're there the day like before and the day after because that's our peak time for harvest and that's when uh, all of our customers want product is then but but uh you know we also have our slow times like you know the springtime like uh february or you know april was pretty slow here but Mm -hmm. uh it gets pretty busy pretty quick but i don't know it kind of takes a special person to want to do it every day
1: yeah um so you mentioned your first generation um if you don't mind me asking like what's your family background in terms (laughs) of what they do
2: my parents are from the east coast okay and they were both cpas they're from uh new jersey okay not too far from me yeah so they uh were cpas uh they moved to california in uh, the '80s, and uh, it just happens to be that they moved to Half Moon Bay, yeah. which is uh, where uh, like we're at now. And so there's a like a lot of uh, like local ag here in Half Moon Bay, and I was just one of those kids that wanted to be outside, and I was tired of going uh, to camps and yeah. shit like that. So uh, I wanted to do something. I worked like one summer for a farm here, and never uh, left really.
1: I respect the shit out of that. I think it takes a lot of balls to just know what you want to do and go for it. Mm -hmm. Um, How do your parents feel about it?
2: Oh, they love it, actually. They uh, were kind of, like, hesitant at first. They were like, you know, how do you live in the Bay Area as a farmer, you know? Yeah. You know, you get used to, and, like, nothing's easy. I don't care what you do. It's never easy, so. Yeah.
1: I mean, if you want to be successful, for sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, I feel you. I think uh, I'm sort of dealing with something similar where... My parents are definitely being supportive of what I'm doing, but they're kind of like, all right, kid, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, there's
2: always that kind of, like, dynamic, but...
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's not too bad. Really cool. And, uh, do you live around here, do you still live with your parents? What's the Yeah, you know... so
2: I'm at my parents' right now in Half Moon Bay. I have, like, a 10-minute drive to work, uh-huh. and uh, I'm saving up because I'm actually trying to buy into this farm. Uh, really? That's the end plan, wow. is me to be uh, a part owner, and then the need and then, like, eventually a full owner uh, as time goes on. But
1: Yeah. So uh, that's actually a perfect transition. Something I've asked every guest on the show so far, this is a loaded question, but where do you see yourself five to ten years from now?
2: I see myself right here with probably a newer truck, <laughs> and uh, I'll probably be a part owner. That's yeah. where I see myself.
1: Dude, I got to say, I'm, I'm a little jealous. You've got figure it figured out for sure. Yeah,
2: well... It's never quick though. It's I mean, I've been I, this is I think, oh god, eight or nine years working on these farms, and I've done every crappy job you can think of, you know. And and I've just been like the young guy that just can you know go do anything, and I just put my head down and just got to do it, you know.
1: Yeah, I think there's an interesting connection between agriculture and the restaurant industry with that because, I mean, through my limited experience working in restaurants. Um, you are fucking basically slaving away 12-hour days, six days a week, and you're not getting a reprieve from that, really, until, I mean, you never really do, if you want to, yeah, you never really do, like, even if you're an owner, you still have to have your hands on everything.
2: And I still, I see there's a lot of uh, stuff that I can see a huge deal, uh, it's like the same deal with, like, restaurants and farms, is where you work your ass off, and, uh, at the end of the day, you have a product that like everyone eats yeah, and yeah. no one thinks about where it came from. <laughs> it's true. No one thinks about who, who like did the work for it. And, you know, it's kind of, uh, it's a good idea to kind of spread the word, kind of have some awareness. And I think people want to know where their food comes from, how it's produced. Uh, I and, think we're
1: getting there now. Yeah, I think I that think, like our generation is starting to really like take note of it
2: yeah for sure I think it's gonna be I mean we see it now with just like the sales everyone is pretty much asking uh, on the box on the label like where it's grown and uh, who it's grown by and they and they want to know that and they advertise that
1: and uh, maybe this is like a fucked up question but is it profitable has it been
2: it is yeah Uh, last year was one of the worst price years that I've seen and it was still profitable Um, that's awesome and the main thing is just it's uh one of those commodities that's currently in high demand because mm-hmm. uh, folks are eating healthier now yeah sprouts are on almost every menu it seems like mm-hmm. um but here in california we're seeing a rise in uh cost for inputs for fuel for for chemical for labor so you know it might come down a little bit but i think the market in whole is pretty steady and i think that's that, that goes for uh, most of the produce in california and i think people just want to eat more uh, fresh uh like ingredients and mm-hmm. that's going to be growing in california for the most part
1: yeah now do you have any restaurants that go directly to you or is it always through a distributor uh
2: i only have like two restaurants here locally that i actually like drop off boxes at yeah. like once a week uh-huh. um but then uh and then the other 99.9% of our uh, of our stuff goes through a broker, uh-huh. uh, which then goes to stores and uh, and other restaurants. But it's kind of hard for us because when we're harvesting, we're doing 36 pallets a day yeah. of sprouts, and each pallet is like like one ton basically. So mm-hmm. it's hard to find a buyer who wants that like much, one ton yeah. every day, and so we have to go through the larger chain. Uh, to like move our product
1: yeah all right man well i really appreciate you uh taking the time to talk to me i think uh this was a really awesome interview i think that a lot of people will find this interesting and i think that uh what i think uh what you're doing is really admirable i think that again it takes a lot of courage to sort of say fuck it to what is expected of you and to just become a farmer and (laughs) you're you're thriving at it you're doing really
2: well awesome man
1: thank you
0: yeah all right everybody that was john gross Thank you so much for talking to me, John. Uh, Really enjoyed my time. Really enjoyed seeing the farm. Was really impressed by you and the operation. Hope you have nothing but luck going forward. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to episode two. I've got a lot more coming. Um, I start heading east on Sunday, going through Montana, Wyoming. Should be a really fun time. Looking forward to sharing with you guys. See ya.